your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 700 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And as I mentioned in yesterday's episode, uh, I'll be honest, you know, episode number 700 kind of snuck up on me a little bit. You know, I knew it was coming up, obviously, but... You know, I'm coming on here and I'm saying episode 697, episode 698, and the next thing I know, here it is, episode 700. I didn't really have any big plans for this episode, but something that I thought would be really nice to do and really fun to do is to uh, just basically do a uh, makeshift mailbag episode here. It's not a mailbag episode per se where, you know, I requested you guys to send questions, but uh, something that we could do here is take a look at some of the comments that you guys have left on the Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. And to just kind of set some ground rules here, if you guys ever reach out to me, you know, via email or via a DM on Twitter, you know, I'll always run it by you guys first before I share anything that you said with me, you know, on, on an episode here. But when it comes to Comments on YouTube as well as just, you know, tweets on Twitter that are out there in the open for anybody to see. Yeah, those are fair game because, you know, you leave a comment on YouTube or you post something on Twitter. I mean, anybody with an internet connection on the planet can see what you said. So I think those are fair game. And with that said, I'm going to just look back at uh, some comments here and just kind of have some thoughts on some of the things that you guys have shared and some of your opinions and some of your questions that you've had. Uh, we're going to do that in just a second here. I should also mention that I'm going to basically look at the last, you know, six or seven episodes of Locked on New York Rangers when it comes to, uh, you know, looking at comments and, and things that you guys have said. And we're going to work in reverse order here. So we're going to go from uh, least recent to most recent, and we're going to start with the episode that I did after the Rangers lost 3-2 to two to the San Jose Sharks in overtime. If you guys remember, that was the start of their uh, four-game losing streak for the Rangers, and was not a good game at all for the Rangers, and they eventually then figured it out and are now currently on a three-game winning streak. So we're going to go backwards. We're going to start with the four-game losing streak, and then once we're done there, we're just going to keep moving forward to the three-game winning streak, because it is funny to kind of see how these comments evolve you know, people, and I'm as guilty of this as anybody, but when they're in a losing streak, it feels like they might never win again, and the sky is falling, and this, that, and the other thing, and now that they've won uh, three straight games, I think everybody's feeling good again, uh, especially after, you know, the Rangers dominated play last night, hit the post four times, should have won that game like 5 nothing, 6 nothing, 6-1, something like that, still got the win though, and uh, again, three straight wins, that'll cure what ails you, and uh, I think Ranger fans certainly are feeling quite a bit better at this point, but without any further ado, I am going to go ahead and uh, just basically minimize myself here on the YouTube screen. And for anybody that's listening on audio only, uh, don't worry about it. I've got you covered. I will uh, read the comments out loud. But uh, yeah, we're going to go through a couple of these episodes here and uh, just read a couple of the comments. This one comes to us uh, from White GD. And again, just to uh, reiterate, this is the episode that I did as you know a post-game recap of the game that the Rangers lost to the Sharks in overtime. Not a good night for the Rangers. But White GD, after this game, said, should have traded Crafts off instead of waving Hunt. <clears throat> and I, I get the frustration, White. I really do. Um, but no, you, you can't do that. I mean, Dryden Hunt has already beaten the odds 
just to make it to the NHL. And players like that, I certainly respect them. Uh, Dryden Hunt was undrafted. And clearly, you know, he's carved out a little bit of a role for himself in this league. He's somebody that uh, seems to be a reliable fourth-line player. He's now on his fourth different team, now playing for the Colorado Avalanche, uh, along with uh, Alex Georgiev over there. But to me, it would be a major upset if Dryden Hunt at any point in his career becomes anything that much more than just like a fourth-line player, you know, a, a healthy scratch in the lineup swingman kind of guy, maybe even an NHL-AHL swingman kind of guy. The Rangers were hoping to reassign him to Hartford, and of course, he got claimed by the Avalanche there. But, you know, Dryden Hunt, his, his ceiling and his upside are both very, very limited. So, you know, I, I get the sentiments. You know, some people like Dryden Hunt. I liked him myself. He's a hardworking player, uh, really tough along the boards. I thought he was miscast when they put him on the top six and on the Panarin line last season, but we've been over that. Uh, but to, you know, trade Kravtsov instead of waving Hunt, the thing is, if you trade Kravtsov right now or even when this comment was was left, and this comment was left 12 days ago, but if you do that, you're not going to get anything back for him. Vi- Vitaly Kravtsov trade value is practically, I don't want to say non-existent because he is a former top 10 pick. And, you know, clearly there's some talent there, but his trade value right now is way lower than it should be. The Rangers don't really have a leg to stand on as far as what they could ask in return for Vitaly Kravtsov. And keep in mind, Kravtsov is only making $800,000 this season, and there still is some upside there. Now, of course, you or anybody else listening to this, you might be of the belief that Vitaly Kravtsov is not going to pan out in this league. Uh, He's going to go down as a first-round bust. That could end up happening. I mean, it is at least possible. We'll acknowledge the possibility. Uh, certainly, he hasn't been lucky when it comes to injuries this season. But when it comes to upside, there's no comparison between Kravtsov and Hunt. I mean, if one of those players is going to go on to be, you know, a really good player in this league, somebody that could be a top six player on, on certain teams, or at least a top nine player at the very least, and somebody that's going to chip in offensively, you would have to think it's going to be Kravtsov over Dryden Hunt. Again, it's nothing against Hunt, but the upside is very limited, and, uh, the Rangers are still hoping to get a return on their investment, that being uh, the number nine overall pick in a draft in Vitaly Krasov. Again, Dryden Hunt was, you know, undrafted and also came to the Rangers as kind of an unheralded free agent before last season. He's now on another team, and uh, I'm sure the Rangers miss him to an extent, but you can't get rid of Krasov right now, especially with his trade value being so low just so that you can hang on to Dryden Hunt, who most not most nights, but at least some nights, isn't even going to be in the lineup. He'll be a healthy scratch uh, on certain nights. So hopefully uh, that makes some sense, and uh, we'll move right along here. We go to, now this is the episode that I recorded right after the 5-1 uh, to one loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets, and we've got a, uh, a comment from Carol here. Carol McKee writes, Ack rags sucked. Now, I, I should actually stop you right there, Carol. Never call them the Rags, because that's Paul Bissett's name for the New York Rangers, and we don't want to give him any credit for anything. Uh, that's That tends to be kind of a derogatory tor- term, and I get the feeling that you were probably saying this because the Rangers had a really rough night, so I get it, but let's never, ever call them the Rags. Th- that's just not a good name. Uh, but anyway, uh, Carol goes on to say, Halak was off, forwards couldn't find the net, sloppy passing, confused defense, worst game I've seen them play in a long, long time played 100% crappy and lost to a middling team. Best Rangers play was the Nyquist pass to Panarin, LOL. Uh, They look tired. Now they have to fly to Denver and then go meet the Islanders the next day. I don't expect much. Oh, well, love my guys even when they play disappointing games. And yeah, I would agree, Carol. That, That was probably the worst game the Rangers have played all season. I would give kind of an honorable mention maybe to, um, you know, the, the previous game before that one, the one against the Sharks. But really, that game against the Sharks 
The Rangers weren't really that bad until the third period when they just completely fell apart. So I think if you're looking at the full 60 minutes, yeah, that game against the Blue Jackets, the fact that the Rangers lost 5-1 to uh, a middling team, as you put it, which is probably being generous. Uh, Blue Jackets have the worst record in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, but yeah, that, that was really, really bad. And I think he hit the nail on the head with some of this stuff. I mean, just bad passing, uh, not a good defensive game at all. And yeah, the best play of the night. And I talked about this when it happened. Uh, what she's talking about, you know, with, with Nyquist passing to Panarin is the puck was in the corner. The Rangers had a five on three power play and Nyquist just sent the puck toward the middle of the ice. Panarin took it, took the shot, scored. And, uh, that was the Rangers only goal of the night. That, that legitimately was the best play for them. But, uh, you know, hopefully Carroll and everybody else feeling a lot better. Obviously, you know, those two games they played against uh, the Avalanche and the Islanders, uh, both of those games, you know, they, they played better, but they lost both of them. Uh, the Avalanche game, of course, they lost in the shootout, but they started to find their legs again. And uh, ever since then, now a uh, three-game winning streak. So hopefully Carroll and everybody else, like I said, uh, feeling a little bit better after those uh, last few wins for the Rangers here. And even the last two losses that they had played quite a bit better uh, in each of those as well. So we're going to keep this rolling in just a second. Uh, but first, I do just have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting, football, and the start of the new basketball season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including the NHL, MLB, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And uh, just going to keep things rolling here, rolling right along here. And anybody watching on YouTube, once again, you can kind of follow along with me. So got a couple of comments I want to get to on this one. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, there you go. There's, there's me with the Locked On Avalanche, guys. This is the preview episode that we did before the Rangers and the Avalanche played each other, talked to... Uh, uh, the guys from Locked on Avalanche, Chris and Kyle, they do such a fantastic job with their show and always good talking some hockey with them. But as far as the comments that were left, uh, we got one from Vin Moran here, uh, and he wrote, Rangers were looking past both the Sharks and the Blue Jackets to the game against Colorado. They played like they didn't have to work to beat those teams, just out-talent them. San Jose and Columbus both outworked them and were keen to the cross-ice pass on the power play. And Vin, I, I completely agree with Almost everything that you say here, I'll, I'll save the one disagreement that I have for the end, but yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I, I think these were the two worst games of the season for the New York Rangers. We've kind of been over that, um, you know, just, just sloppy play and just not working for it. And that's just so unlike the Rangers and even more surprising. And I talked about this when it happened, but you know, the Rangers have a rough game against the Sharks. Everything falls apart in the third period and in overtime. So, you know, myself and you guys as well, I'm sure as Ranger fans, after watching how this team played last year. We've all been conditioned to think that when they have a bad game, man, they're going to come back that much stronger in the next game. Uh, they're going to have their legs. They're going to take it to their opponent. They're going to run away with a win. And that simply just did not happen. I, I mean, the Rangers just, after playing a, a bad game against the Sharks, they play a terrible game against the Blue Jackets, and uh, you see the results. And again, I think you hit the nail on the head. The Rangers in those games, I mean, I don't know if it's like, they're not an arrogant bunch. I, I don't think it's that. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe there was that belief that, you know, we're better than these teams. We have more talent. We're just going to win this game. But to your point, again, Vin, uh, blue-collar efforts by both San Jose and Columbus, and uh, they outworked the Rangers, and they got the wins. So no excuses for the Rangers. They did not play well uh, during that stretch. Uh, the only thing that I wanted to mention here, and, and also great point uh, as far as teams being keen to what the Rangers are doing on the power play. For a while there, it felt like every Ranger power play was Panarin trying to feed Mika for the one-timer. And while that's not a bad idea because that tends to work a lot, you know, you do have to go to some other things as well, especially when teams are really keen on that. I mean, you've got Kreider, the best net front presence in the league. You've got Adam Fox who can quarterback the power play. Trocheck is out there. So you got to mix it up a little bit. And I think to your point, Vin, um, yeah, the Rangers were kind of overly reliant on that Panarin to Mika cross-ice pass looking for the one-timer, uh, especially in this stretch of games and this stretch where they went one for 15 on the power play. Uh, the only thing that I would disagree, though, and it's one of those things that it gets thrown around a lot in sports, is the idea where when a team is looking ahead to the next game, you hear it in football all the time. Every time that a good team in football is playing a bad team in football, it's a trap game. And you got to watch out for the trap game. You don't want to get trapped by the trap game. It's all these analysts ever talk about. Uh, whenever there's a situation where a good team is playing a bad team, and then that good team is playing another good team the following week, you know, possibly a division rival. Like, take the Giants, for example. I'm sure we've got some Giants fans uh, listening to this. Um, say the Giants play the Jaguars this week, right? And then they play the Cowboys the week after. Everybody would be calling Giants against Jaguars a trap game. And I just think it's one of those... Uh, things that's a little bit overused. And as far as the idea of like looking past teams, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess it's at least possible. I'll acknowledge that. But I just find it hard to believe that like the Rangers or the Giants or whatever sport you want to go to, that they're out there and they're competing and the Rangers are playing the Sharks and the Blue Jackets and all they're thinking about is this game against the Avalanche. I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I, I suppose it's at least possible. Um, but I just, I, I don't, really know how likely that is. That's just my own two cents on it, but I can certainly appreciate the sentiment. And then uh, we also have a comment, DJ responding to Vin here. They don't have the right to take any team in the league too lightly. They haven't done enough to claim that right. The Rangers were a surprise last year, but they have to prove it wasn't a fluke to the league. And while there are plenty of reasons to see them being a strong contender for the cup this year, they have questions that we don't, and they don't have the answers to yet. And uh, you're absolutely right, DJ. I mean, look, nothing's ever handed to you in this league. The Rangers had a nice run last year. But uh, as I've mentioned, it's a long, long way back to the Eastern Conference Final, and uh, you're going to have to work for it. And uh, hopefully the Rangers got that message after, you know, two rough games there uh, against the Blue Jackets and against the Sharks. And we also have a comment from Thomas Cappellini. He said, kind of funny, I live in Colorado at the moment, but I'm rooting for the Rangers. And yeah, that goes back to uh, something that I talked about not too long ago on this podcast uh, Ranger fans are really spread out. I mean, obviously around here, you know, Connecticut, New York, or wherever you live in this area, you're going to see some Ranger fans. But I mean, we see them in Florida. We saw them in Arizona the other night. There was a good amount of Ranger fans in that game in Dallas. So uh, always good to see the Rangers, you know, represented pretty much uh, wherever they happen to be playing. So uh, to keep everything just kind of moving right along here, uh, this was an episode that I did uh, after the Rangers were shut out against the Islanders. And uh, we got a comment from... Richard Sama here. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. But uh, Richard says, boy, do we miss Vetrano. And then another uh, reply from DJ here. If it could have been worked into the salary cap, it would have been nice to keep him. And yeah, I totally agree. I mean, look, if you could just push a button and have Frank Vetrano on this team right now, I don't think too many Ranger fans would say no to that. You know, if, if you take the cap hit out of the equation, um, Vetrano, if I'm not mistaken, got three years at $3 million a season from the Ducks. 
doesn't sound like a whole lot, but, you know, again, the Rangers are uptight against the cap, and, you know, you're not going to be able to sign Vitrano to just a one-year deal. And, you know, after this season, you know, guys are going to need new contracts. Ke'Andre Miller, Alexi Lafreniere, Philip Hedl. It'd be tough to work Frank Vitrano in there, but I completely agree. I think of all the players that the Rangers lost in free agency this offseason, and this is with all due respect to guys like Strom and Kopp, and, uh, you know, Justin Braun, I, they lost him, and uh, Tyler Mott was a loss as well. There was some hope that maybe they could bring him back, and everybody else, too. I mean, even, like, guys like Kevin Rooney and Greg McKegg, they were all part of this team, and uh, they all bring something to the table. But, yeah, I think of every single one of them, Frank Vitrano was the one that they missed the most. Uh, you could certainly make a case, like I said, for either Cop or Strom, but they've essentially been replaced on the second line by Vincent Trocek, who... You know, Trojek was an option, Cop was an option, Strom was an option, but between those three players, you were only ever going to be able to have one of them on the team, and of the three, I would say Vincent Trocek probably is the best all-around player, and he's obviously off to a heck of a start with this team. But with Vetrano, I mean, his shoot-first mentality is something that the Rangers lack, at least to an extent. Uh, this guy, man, if, if he gets a chance, he's just going to let it fly. He's got an absolutely wicked shot, nasty wrist shot, nasty slap shot, just lets it fly. Uh, he was out there with Kreider and Mika. You know, Mika was setting him up with some great passes uh, toward the end of last season and into the playoffs. A feisty player, a guy who brings a little bit of an, an edge to the table. Uh, somebody who I thought was maybe even a little bit underappreciated defensively. You know, he was always uh, busting his tail to get back on the back check. And um, yeah, you know, just a good all-around player and uh, somebody that I definitely miss. I, again, I, I think out of everybody, he might be the one that the Rangers missed the most. And uh, I don't say that lightly because they lost some good players this offseason, but Richard, I think you hit the nail on the head there. And uh, like I said, we'll go ahead. We'll continue uh, reading some comments from you guys. We will do that in just a second here. All right, let's go ahead. Keep it moving right along here. This was an episode that I recorded. Okay, so this is my episode where I basically just pleaded for Zach Jones to get a chance. You know, I, I think Libor Hayek has done okay this season, but he's had opportunities in the past. Zach Jones, for the most part, uh, really hasn't. I mean, only 22 total games between each of the last two seasons coming into this season. And I just want them to, to give him a chance and, and give him some rope and uh, see if he can't, you know, really take a stranglehold as far as that sixth and final defenseman spot is concerned. Uh, Libor Hayek, I mean, you know, the upside just seems to be very limited. I think as a seventh defenseman, he's fine. And, I mean, hey, if, if you're of the belief that uh, Jones and Hayek, that this battle is still ongoing and they should be able to settle it themselves on the ice, fine, you get no argument from me. But I am, once again, a little bit partial to Zach Jones. I, I think he's the one that should have the inside track and the guy that should be given every opportunity to run away with this job. Uh, but this is what Rob Brown had to say about my episode here. He, he, he says, stop whining. You can't have Jones. You can't have your Jones until you eat all your vegetables. Rob, I ate all my vegetables, man. I had some carrots. I had some broccoli. I, I did that just so that the Rangers will put Zach Jones into this lineup over Libor Hayek. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe that's what happened because we've seen Zach Jones out there the last couple of games. We all ate our vegetables, apparently, including uh, Ryan Dare here, who responded to Rob, and he wrote, does that apply for scoring two? I'll go empty out the market right now, if so, LOL. Yeah, the Rangers were in a little bit of a scoring drought there. So I guess, you know, collectively, we all ate our vegetables and uh, things are going quite a bit better now. But uh, thank you to uh, Rob and Ryan for some uh, pretty humorous comments there. Like I said, we'll just kind of keep everything rolling here. This was an episode that I did. Uh, which one is this? This was after the Rangers finally got back in the win column. They ended their uh, their 
four-game losing streak. They beat the Stars 6-3, to pulling away in the third period. And this is a comment that we got here from Easy Dups. I, I, I doubt that's your real name, but we'll, we'll roll with it. A comment from Easy Dups here. He says, or she says, I'm not even really sure which. I was at the game back and forth throughout. The Stars goal that was called back was a big turning point in the game. And then USK, or uh, excuse me, JSK wrote back, yeah, I absolutely felt the same way, and I only had the radio cast of the game. And then there's DJ again. DJ's, DJ's on, on point uh, responding to these comments here. But DJ says, right, but it was clearly offside, not even debatable. And then uh, Easy Dups responds again, uh, yeah, it was funny. I was sitting in the opposite end when that goal was scored, and I was casually talking to the guy in the seat behind me barely paying attention at that particular moment. And when they scored, I was like, pretty sure that was offsides. And everyone around me was like, no way. And then 10 seconds later, the Rangers challenge, LOL. Yeah, I'll be honest. I, I didn't really, uh, when the play was happening live, I didn't really catch that they were offside. And I probably should have, because I mean, if you watch that replay, uh, the stars were offside. No joke. I, I think it was Pavelski. He was offside by about six or seven feet on this play. I missed it. Clearly, the linesman missed it. I mean, in my very slight defense here, you know, I, it's not my job to, to figure out what's offside and what's not. You know, that, that's on the linesman to figure that out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just one of the most obvious offside calls that you'll ever see that was not called. So, I mean, thank God for instant replay. And, uh, obviously, once the Rangers challenge, it was pretty obvious that that was going to get overturned. But, you know, to, to your point here, uh, easy, easy dups, um, the Rangers, you know, they— they were on that four-game losing streak, and obviously there were times that they didn't play well over that stretch, but they also did not have any luck on their side at all. They had to run through a murderer's row of just goalies playing out of their minds, and that's actually continued uh, into this three-game winning streak as well. I mean, Carter Hart was just phenomenal the other night. Uh, the Rangers are getting every goalie at his absolute best, or so it seems, and they didn't really have any puck luck on their side either. The breaks had not been going the Rangers' way, so for them to you know, seemingly fall behind in this game. They were going to be down 4-3 if this goal stood. And then you realize that, oh, they're offside. We're going to get bailed out by that. And, uh, you know, this game's still going to be tied. It was about time that something kind of broke the Rangers' way. And it was nice to see that happen. And, uh, you know, hey, congrats to being at the game. You saw the Rangers break their losing streak. You saw them put up six goals. You saw Zach Jones get his first NHL goal. Uh, you saw Julian Gauthier go off in the third period. So uh, you were at a good one there and uh, going into enemy territory there in Dallas. So good stuff all around there. Have a couple of comments here uh, from Ryan Dare. This is the episode uh, that I recorded after the Rangers uh, rallied to defeat the Arizona Coyotes 3-2. That was the second straight win uh, for the New York Rangers there. But this is what Ryan had to say uh, in the comment section for this episode. My, five, my five-year-old, excuse me, was playing while the game was on last night and picked up on the Let's Go Rangers chant that I didn't even notice at first, and she started chanting along, LOL. Ranger fans love our team. And then Ryan uh, left a separate comment there where he said, I've been saying that about Ranger fans showing up for a while. My 10-year-old even started noticing it too, and he barely pays attention, LOL. Uh, I thought the wild home opener might be different, but I was proved wrong. Everything feels like it's starting to get to a boiling point for the Rangers, and it's either going to be absolutely amazing or totally heartbreaking. And uh, yeah, this goes back to, again, a topic that I talked about on a recent episode of Locked on New York Rangers. We got Ranger fans all over the country, presumably all over Canada as well. Uh, they seem to just always show up. And, you know, there's a lot of away rinks where you'll hear some Let's Go Ranger chants. And that's pretty cool. Uh, I think it's a way to kind of obviously galvanize the team a little bit. A great example of this 
was Game 7 against the Carolina Hurricanes last season. I mean, every time the Rangers scored in that game, you know, there were audible cheers. A, a lot of Ranger fans either lived there and went to the game or traveled, made the road trip from, you know, the Northeast and went down there. Probably a mix of both those things. Um, but yeah, Rangers well-represented everywhere. And uh, really cool, Ryan, that your kids kind of picked up on... Uh, you know, the support that the Rangers seem to have pretty much everywhere they go. I mean, Madison Square Garden is awesome, and the Rangers have a great home base advantage there. I would say one of the best ones in the league. Obviously, I'm a little bit biased, but man, they, they get some support when they go on the road too, so uh, good stuff there as well. And then uh, we've got the most recent episode, I believe. Yeah, this is the episode that we did last night. This is episode 699. This is the episode where... I discussed, obviously, the Rangers 1-0 win against the Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, we got a comment here from David Scholes. He says, you couldn't have wished for anyone to score that big goal than Chris Kreider. I hope it has started a stream of rubber in the net. Uh, go, Chris. And uh, yeah, I, I completely agree, David. And I'll, I'll read a comment here from Logan. I want to get to this as well. Uh, and then I'll just talk about you know both comments. But Logan, less than an hour ago, in fact, wrote... The entire game, I was thinking, Tro, Laffy, or Crides is going to score, and what do you know? Great job finding a way to win, boys. Yeah, all three of those guys, those were three of the best Rangers on the ice. The Rangers played great as a team, um, but yeah, I mean, not too much of a stretch to think that uh, one of those three might score the goal. I, I think, Logan, you hit the nail on the head there. Uh, Trojak's been awesome for the Rangers. Just has a really high motor. Uh, better speed than I, I think I've realized in the past. And a couple plays in that game where he was on the forecheck and hitting people behind the net. Again, just a really, really good all-around player. I've always loved Trojak's game. And, uh, you know, again, it, I mentioned this earlier in this episode, Stroman Cop, tough to say goodbye. I like both those guys a lot, but I do think... Uh, the best all-around player of those three is indeed Vincent Trocek, and uh, he's shown us why early in the uh, in the season here. And as far as, you know, David and Logan both, you know, calling out or, or you know, giving props to Kreider, I guess, um, yeah, it was absolutely huge for Kreider to have that moment. Kreider had a chance to score earlier in this game. Uh, he was in on a breakaway while shorthanded, puts it off the post, does not score, one of four posts that the Rangers hit in that game. And as I mentioned before, I don't think anybody has been as snake-bitten and has had as bad of luck as Chris Kreider so far this season. There have been a couple games where we went back to bad Chris Kreider, uh, namely the games against the Sharks and the Blue Jackets, although in those games you could say that pretty much nobody played all that great for the Rangers. Um, but yeah, Kreider, Kreider should have more goals than he does. He's hit the post a couple of times. He's been robbed by the opposing goalie uh, more than any other player on this Ranger team. And there's not really a stat for that, I don't think. But just watching all these games... That's definitely the case. So, yeah, I, I think you guys hit the nail on the head. That was a big moment for Chris Kreider. Hopefully that gets him rolling a little bit. Uh, the Rangers are up against the Bruins in their next game. That will happen on Thursday night. The Bruins uh, still have lost only once. I believe they're now 8-1 and one to start the season. Uh, best record in the NHL, and the Rangers are going to have to bring it. They're going to have to they're going to have to bring their A game. And uh, if Chris Kreider can have a big night, that would obviously bode well for the Rangers. Rangers, by the way, have already announced that Igor Shosturkin will start in net for that game, which is obviously a good thing. And you're going up against a team that again has only one loss, and you want to be able to put your best foot forward and go out there and uh, get a big two points. I mean, if the Rangers win their fourth straight game and do so against a team that at least going by record has been the best team in the NHL. Uh, that that's huge, and we're going to be feeling really good, a heck of a lot better than we were feeling during uh, the uh, the four game losing streak there. And the only other thing I want to do here, I got a message sent to me on Twitter from Mike. Mike, uh, you know, loyal listener of the show, and uh, this is what he he sent to me here. So I don't know if you guys can see this. I got a, uh, oh, yeah, you can see it. Cool. So uh, Mike sent a uh, picture of his dog over to uh, to me on Twitter, 
And uh, he wrote to me, John, for Halloween, my dog's my dog, whose name is Boomer, is going to be Mika Zaboomajad. Feel free to share on the pod if you want. And uh, yeah, I obviously took Mike up on his offer there. And uh, what a cool picture and a cute dog as well. I, I love dogs. You know, I'm, I'm a big dog guy. My, my dog's sitting right next to me here while I uh, record this podcast. He's made a couple of cameos on the show before, but uh, that is awesome. Mika Zabumajad. Love it. Love it. He's got the Ranger jersey there. So for anybody listening on audio, I should probably explain. Uh, the picture is of Mike's dog, and he's got a uh, Ranger jersey on, which I can only assume is a Mika Zabanajad jersey. Or maybe not. It might just be a generic Ranger jersey. But uh, really cool stuff there as well. And so, yeah, I mean, there you go. 700 episodes. Pretty crazy. Blows my mind that, uh, you know, people continue to listen to this show the way that they do and, um, you know, just support it any way that they can. There's people that uh, have reached out to me and have told me they've never missed an episode. Once again, guys, it really does mean the world to me. And uh, I'm going to do my best to get, you know, maybe like a big guest on episode number 750 here. Uh, this is a lot of fun here. Don't get me wrong. I, I love doing this. Love hearing from you guys. Love reading uh, you know, the comments and the questions on here and just being able to talk about it. But I'm going to do my best to try to get, I mean, hey, we haven't had a former Ranger or a, a, a current Ranger. We haven't had a current Ranger on this show, at least to date. Never say never. I'm going to see what I can do there and maybe I can set something up. And if not, you know, we'll reach out to uh, a former Ranger possibly as well. We've had Marty St. Louis. We've had Jason Strudwick. We've had Tom Laidlaw. Uh, maybe we need like a center or a goalie. You know, maybe we'll reach out to Steve Valaket or somebody like that. Uh, but we'll see what we can do. And uh, as I mentioned just a second ago, again, thank you guys so much for always supporting the podcast. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers@gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts.